This is a Novell Open Audio Special Report. Welcome to Novel Open Audio. This is Ted Hager. And I'm Aaron Quill. And we're doing a quick special report to catch up with David Reeveman, who is the maintainer of Compies and XGL, because just recently it was announced by a community developer named Quinstorm that Compies would be the base for a fork, which means a splitting off of two different projects, with Compies going its own way, and this new project called Barrel, led by Quinstorm, going a different way. This kind of thing is always a concern in the open source community. There's a lot of talk about forks. Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Is it detrimental to the original project? And so Aaron and I decided that we'd give David a call and find out some of the things here because when we looked online we saw didn't really look all that uh, fair is how it was coming through. And I don't mean fair like in Novell's favor or not. I mean just like it felt like it was a one-sided kind of dialogue. It was it? completely one-sided. Yeah, I re read their announcement of the fork, and I mean it was pretty much them saying, uh, we sent a bunch of stuff to David, we haven't heard anything from David, so we're going in our own direction, and we wish David well. Yeah, and so that kind of got Aaron and I wondering, like, okay, so there's two sides to every story, and there's been a lot of reasonable comments in, like, forums and things like that that have said that, that they're interested in hearing the other side. There's also been a lot of people that just sort of said, well, if Novell's being difficult about it. I, I don't blame them for going That's what happens when you get corporations involved in open source. Yeah, so <laughs> and so we decided, let's ask David some questions. Let's find out what this is actually all about from his side. And we're going to put links on the show notes for this so you can check out the original announcement by Quinn Storm. We'll also uh, put the OS News article that originally put out there so you can see uh, a little bit of what Aaron and I are talking about, about kind of a weird characterization. And we'll also link over to compies.net, which is now going to be I guess barrelproject.org that is going to be where or has been where Quinstorm has been leading up some community stuff around a special branched version of Compies. Oh, one last thing that I think we should put in this. Uh, what? What is Compies? I, I guess we should really quickly mention that. Sure. We actually talked to David Reeveman a little while back, and we'll actually link back to that original episode as well. But essentially, Compies is a replacement for the regular GNOME window manager. But it's the thing that also does compositing, not just window management. Compositing is where you actually can take two images and overlay one on top of another. And that's what makes desktop effects happen. Desktop effects being the wobbly windows, the cube with multiple desktop faces on each side of the cube water effects. Yeah, outside of the SLED or SUSE distros, it's a lot of times referred to as XGL. Yeah, most people refer to it as XGL, even though these days uh, Compies uh, runs on top of AIGLX as well, which is the effort that Red Hat was leading up to right. try to get pure open source drivers. So that gives you a little bit of what Compies is, and with that, let's find out what David Reedman has to say. David, welcome back to Novell Open Audio, your third time. Thanks. So we wanted to get caught up with you on what's going on because we've found out there's a person named Quinn Storm who's proposed a fork of Compiz called Barrel and has already uh, started work on that. Forks are sometimes viewed as unfortunate in the industry. So we wanted to find out, as the person who brought Compiz out into the world, what are your thoughts on the, uh, on the fork? I think it's unfortunate that we have a fork 
especially as Compass is designed to be extremely extensible and your people should be able to, you know, make it do anything they want by writing plugins to Compass. But, you know, I'm not I'm not that surprised they have been doing kind of their thing for a while. I'm kind of surprised that they feel that having it doing a fork is valuable for them because they I mean, they can they gotta clearly see that there's a lot of important work going into Compass and having a fork they're gonna miss that work or they're gonna have to spend you know, a lot of time porting it. Can you explain what a fork is and what it really means? It means that they will be for you at some point they take the, the existing code I have of Compass and they will, you know, start developing it in a different direction than what I'm developing Compass. So they took a cut of Compass and they're kind of separating from you and developing on their own path. Yeah. And actually, I think they did this now that they announced the fork, but a long time before that. So they have been kind of keeping separate branch of Compass for a while. Yeah, the uh, woman who's done this, Quinn, uh, she's had the Quinn Storm branch of Compu's, but it hadn't really broken away from Compu's uh, completely. And this is more of a, a more of a drastic, like we are going our completely our own way from here. Correct? Yeah, correct. And so a question on that is, when a fork like this happens, if you make more great changes inside of Compies, or they make some great ones inside of Barrel, what is the possibility of having those things come back across between the two projects? I mean, it can always be done, but, you know, it's, it's work. It's unnecessary work. What about behind-the-scenes factors on this? Because uh, we, we saw some of the things out there uh, in the uh, original announcement. It said some things like there was not enough, I guess, acceptance or kind of an attitude of not pulling in community contributions from Novell. Are there other factors that you see that led to this, or is that a fair characterization? Uh, I read the announcement, and I think in the announcement there were like a lot of technical things they mentioned, like why they wanted to do fork. And all those technical, technical reasons were wrong. The big reason is that they, they don't feel that they have been able to be involved enough in the project. So when you say technical reasons, they wanted uh, different architectural things, or what types of technical reasons? Yeah, do you have an example? So, for example, what we have now, we have like, uh, you can you have a system for configuring Compass. It's implemented in a plugin, so you can easily replace it. What we have now is uh, something that's using GCOM, which is a configuration system, and it seems like, the, like they wrote their own configuration system instead, which, I mean, shouldn't matter, matter at all, because they should be able to write it as a plugin, and they can do whatever they like as a plugin. But for some reason, they mentioned that this was the reason to write it one fork. So they cleared it clearly did something wrong if they needed fork for that reason. Our use of gconf with Compies right now, that's actually implemented as a plug-in as well, right? So it's not like Compies natively uses. Uh, Compies doesn't depend on gconf. It's just a, an additional thing you can use. And it's implemented because the GNOME desktop uses gconf. So if you want to use it as a GNOME desktop, you probably want to have it. Uh, you want to plug in some econ support into Compass. And so is that to say then that uh, what you were just saying a moment ago is that they've wanted to hard code the configuration tool or whatever the configuration is stored in instead of doing it as a plugin, they wanted it actually to be part of the uh, main project? I don't know the exact details, but I know, I mean, they said that this was one of the reasons to why they wanted to fork uh, the project. So 
I guess they did something like that, yeah. So David, I was reading Quinn's post, and she said she's never talked to you directly, and she's not been able to submit code upstream. How was communication handled on this project, and how was code submitted? There's a mailing list, and that's how the main communication is done, using a mailing list, which is uh, what most open source products do. I think she has submitted a few package patches, and I've even accepted like one or two of them. And I mean, there's, there, there's been a lot of people sending patches, and I've been accepting a lot of patches. You also and can take patches through Bugzilla, correct? That, yeah, that, you can also send patches through, through Bugzilla, but you can also send patches to the mailing list. If you have some new feature or something you want to, some bug you want to fix, you can send a patch to the mailing list. And I'm pretty good at responding to all those. Some of them are like high quality code and good stuff that I can just include right away. You know, some of them, you know, might not be what I think is the best best solution to something, or it might be bad code. But in those cases, I'm pretty good at actually, you know, responding and telling them why why I don't think it's a good solution and what what's the better way to go, or why the code doesn't look good. And you know, if I mean, if you don't follow up on that, you can't like expect the code to. Uh, get included. So you mean you've had a few of those where you've actually said, hey, I'm not going to accept this one in because I think it should be done this other way, and then the person just doesn't ever show up again with a different way of going about it or taking into any of your recommendations on that? Yeah, I mean, then nothing is going to happen. So that's happened a few times. Okay, so pretty much you're saying that through some standard methods that are used in open source, you've been fairly accessible for accepting patches and things like that. That's that's what I'm hearing from you. Things like mailing lists and Bugzilla are available. Yeah. Okay. You know, I mean, um, and that works fine in most open source projects, but, you know, people are used to, used to those methods. They're used to working with open source projects. So it might be that we now have, with Compic, we have a lot of user, users or developers that are actually not used to all these things. So yeah, we'll we'll see what we can do to improve that and make it easier for them to get included. Are there any kinds of things that you're thinking that you might implement then to uh, make a more inclusive kind of process for compies? Like are, are there things that you're doing in response uh, to this fork to make it so that people feel a little bit more uh, like there's interaction with you and with other developers who are working on compies? One thing I think needs to be improved is that it needs to be a lot easier to start writing a plugin because that's what we really want to have people do. We want to have them write plugins, like many, many plugins. So I think it's been hard for people to start writing a plugin without you know, thinking that they had to get it into the source code repository on pre desktop. So what I, what I want to do is make it easier to just, you know, just like in a few minutes, get started and writing your own plugin, and then you can host it wherever you want. And we need some, you know, some place where, some web website or something where they can post the plugin and they can, other people can download it and you can rate it and things like that. I think that's what we need. Um, so that's kind of sounds a little bit like what's going on in Firefox, correct? I mean, the, the plugins that you have there have ratings and things like that from community and are hosted in, in a spot. It looks like Quinn's done a pretty good job of helping to build the community around Compiz. It's really too bad that they're forking. Have you tried anything to keep her and the community together and not create this fork? You know, it's unfortunate with the fork, so we want to kind of help out. And they've been creating a, you know, a nice community around their version of Compiz. So we did actually talk to Quinn, 
And what we did is we offered her to kind of be in charge of some like official plugin repository, but she didn't didn't agree to that. She explained that it was crucial for them to actually have control over and uh, the core of Compass and the whole thing, which seemed kind of weird because most of the things they are implementing are stuff that should be in plugins. And that's what I'm worried about is now we're going to wind up with duplicate efforts. Instead of, you know, one really good Compass package, we're going to wind up with this forked code with every time we figure something out, they've got to duplicate it. Every time they figure something out, we've got to duplicate it. Is, is there really anything we can do to straighten this out or really help the community out? I don't know. I mean, I think we've been pretty reasonable and we gave her a pretty good proposal. But I think I don't think they want to change their mind. It seems like, to me, it seems like it's more, more about them having like control, control and having their own thing. Then, I mean, there's clearly, clearly no technical reasons to it. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, they're gonna, it seems like they wanna do their own thing. And even if that means that they're gonna keep spending all their time porting stuff that I'm writing in Compass, it doesn't seem to matter for them. They, they want their own thing. Thanks very much for taking some time with us, David. Thanks, David. Thank you. Bye. One other thing I think that should be noted about this, from what you've heard on this, uh, Aaron, do you get the impression that this was a Novell decision? No, not at all. In fact, after talking to David, it really seems like this is a fork that has been planned for a while, and we were just kind of made aware of it after the fact. Yeah, it seems like it was kind of brewing up. But also, I mean, the control that David has on the project, the other side of it is, uh, on David's side, is it sounds to me very much like David's pretty much leading up his project. It's not like there's some bureaucrat in a room. Right. Doing this stuff. I've met David and he's like, he's a, he's a young guy and he's not necessarily uh, that stuffy of a guy either. We'll put up maybe a picture of uh, up of him on my blog so people can check out what the face behind the uh, rumors is all about. But anyway, he's, he's pretty much in control of his project. And that's it for our special report on the Compies Barrel Fork. And hearing David, I hope gives you a little bit more of a perspective of where he's at with the project.